In life's journey, we must seek to reflect, learn, and grow. Welcome to the Road to Rediscovery with your host, Aubrey Johnson. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world. Welcome to the Road to Rediscovery. My name is Aubrey Johnson, and I'm your host. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on past life lessons to learn and grow from them and to take it to the next level and help others who are struggling through dark times. You know, it's a big world out there, but how many of us stop to realize when we're 18, stepping out into the world, how, how many of us realize this, right? Are we ready? Will we, will we succeed? Will we fail? The answer is yes to all of them, right? <laughs> there will be successes, there will be failures. That part is easy. The hard part is, how do we respond? Are we mentally equipped to navigate through both successes and failures? My special guest has had and continues to have one extraordinary journey. She's an actress, a model, an author, and so much more. She spent extensive time in Nigeria studying voodoo, traveled to the Amazon, and has some tremendous experiences there as well. Her book, She's the Last Model Standing, is a memoir blending comedy, inspiration, and lessons. She's coming at us from the Big Apple. Buckle up for a lively and spirited conversation with Wendy Stewart. Wendy, hi, welcome to the show. Oh, this is so great to be here. Thank you. And what, what a great introduction. Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> well, well, thank you. That's the least we could do for you taking time out of your busy schedule to but chat I, with I us. Love the way everything just opened up and and what you said you know this is all these are all life lessons right that we're learning along the way and i am of course like-minded in that thought process but i add <laughs> one more thing to it what yes. doesn't kill you makes you stronger that's exactly right it definitely there, there makes you, you stronger yes yes that's that's a 360 view right <laughs> right and it, it's yeah. all part of putting yourself out there and i tell people this not afraid to fail. Do we right. want to fail? No, we don't want to fail, right. but it is, it no. is all, all part of it, right? And um, totally the more is. that you allow to have happen in your world, the better you will be in terms of being on the right path and having the best life experiences that you possibly can. And Aubrey, that's what I'm all about. Mm, 100%. And I can tell it and I can feel it from your voice and your vibe for sure, Wendy. So uh, share with the listeners where you're originally from and, and what was life for Wendy growing up? So life for Wendy growing up, I was a square peg in a round hole. My mother used to say to me, the whole world can't be wrong and you're right. I just from, you know, from the time I was a little kid, I just thought differently than other people. I grew up in the Bronx, mm -hmm. which was great. The Bronx is, if you know anything about it, it was just a great time to be growing up. I had friends that I could hang out with in the park at night, even when we were seven and eight years old. It wasn't right. like now where you have to be careful. You know, your parents right. would send you out after dinner and you had a great, you had packs of friends. Yes. And yes. none of the kinds of stuff that goes on now would go on then. And I did love growing up, but inside of me, there was always a bigger picture. Mm -hmm. And there were times in, in my own head I used to think they switch babies at the hospital or something <laughs> because um, 
you know, my mother used to say, she had a saying, you were born rich, but you should have been born rich, but you weren't required, right? Uh -huh, uh -huh. Basically, that meant, you know, I had big dreams and stars in, in my eyes. And ironically enough, and I love telling this story, my mother had been fifth runner up in the Miss America pageant, 1935. Wow. And yeah, really cool. And she was singing in nightclubs. I mean, she was a young girl. This is like 18, 19 years of age and yeah. she had stars in her eyes but you know things changed and the war happened she married my dad and she settled down to be a housewife uh we lived on a street called 80 strong street a fourth floor walk up my mother was really happy with her life but she would fill my head with these stories of of glamour what it was like modeling she modeled with lucille ball right yeah and yeah. shelly winters at the time whose name was Shirley Shrift. So right. she had incredible experiences and I would watch her put her lipstick on in the mirror and line her lips and get herself all pretty and put on her mink stall to go shop at the associated supermarket. So when you're, <laughs> right? So you're a little yeah, kid, yeah. you're watching, watching this and it's just like, oh, I had big dreams. I wanted to be a model. Mm. Two things I wanted to do, I wanted to be a model yeah. And my family didn't understand this next dream. I would tell everyone, oh, I'm going to Africa. I want to go to Africa. I couldn't even tell you why. Five years old. And then I would say, oh, yeah, I'm wow. going to I'm going to be going to Africa. People would say, what are you going to do there? I go, I don't know, but I know I'm going to be there. And fast Amazing. forward to me in my, my 20s, there I was in a village called Ife in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. And Nigeria is a place that's very close to my heart. To this mm -hmm. day, I cannot tell you why. And Nigeria has crisscrossed in my life. And I cannot tell you why. But maybe I'm a very, very old soul, right? None of us know what happened before. Right. And what, yeah. right? And what forms what we love now or what we instinctively feel good around now. So right. there I was in Nigeria studying. Um, there's a deity called Shango. He's the mm -hmm. god of thunder, very powerful. And mm -hmm. that's what I went there to study. And I had the most incredible experiences. Because, you know, when you're in your 20s, right, nothing yeah. bad can happen to you. You just couldn't even wrap your head around it. Right, and I, right. I was in this country. They overthrew the government while we were there. Um, I had to bribe soldiers to stay out at night or even go in the car with my friends. I mean, right. I, you know, 20 years old and bribing yeah. soldiers with American dollars. Now when I think, my daughter doesn't know any of this, by the way. And thank <laughs> God she doesn't listen to me on any of these shows because, right. yeah, you know, and she grew up so differently. So not mm. sheltered, but just much, much cleaner act. I was hitchhiking in Nigeria and- yeah. The northern part of Nigeria back in those days, the FBI was there and those were the pre, I would say the pre-groups to Boko Haram. Okay, these guys would, would come into town on horseback with sabers on the sides of the horse and they were their heads were wrapped in like black cloths and all you could see were their eyes. And there was mm -hmm. little Miss Wendy, happy as a clam, clueless as to anything possible going on until people started to talk to me and they said, you know, you got you to be careful. I couldn't right. even wrap my head around the fact that why would anybody kidnap me? I'm in Africa. This is yeah. great. I love it here. <laughs> but you know how things come full circle? Look at, look at what I do now. I have films out there that I've made with my husband. And right. where are they? Africa.
I honestly mm. couldn't get back. How many decades went by in between? And it's still, I tell people this, Africa is my heart in a lot of ways. And right. one of the toughest things about this pandemic is, you know, I, I can't travel there. I can't do films there. I am right. doing films, but, you know, right. Right. not there. So yeah. yeah, my book, She's the Last Model Standing, opens up with me in in Nigeria. And it's good. I had a really great editor. It was his idea to open the book, you know, with that. And that book is about my life coming to New York mm -hmm. in my 20s, going to Studio 54. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I came here, no kidding. And I have friends now that are in their late 20s. They don't believe it. I came here with $800. And I had a little tiny apartment I shared with another girl above a liquor store. People would go in, get drunk, and beat each other up downstairs. It was so noisy. <laughs> oh, but, you know, back in those days, I had such um, hope and still have hope. Stars sure. in my eyes. Sure. And I was in this jumpy apartment. Mm -hmm. But the irony of it is I live very close to where I, I was living when I first came to New York. And... Mm -hmm. It was a building I had looked at and I used to think, gee, I wonder what the people are like that live in that building. Mm -hmm. And I'm one of them. So, you know, you just, you, as people, we yeah. have to know there's a path. We all have paths and we make choices, right? right. Things and things can happen to us, sure. but it's how you handle the things that happen to you and right. in your life and how you move on. You know, there's good and, and there's bad. That's my right. book is a series of very funny stories about all the things that happened to me. Aubrey, I was turned down by every model agency in New York. I don't know any person that would, would, would say that. And then I went to Paris and things pretty much happened the same there. And then I yeah. went to Milan yeah. where I ate myself like 25 pounds heavier, but I had a grand time <laughs> doing it. You know yeah. what the food is like in Italy. It was really great. Love but then Italian I came food. back here and mm -hmm. um, I lost all the weight I gained and yeah. I went to one moderate agency and they mm -hmm. took me and the, and the rest was history. So you see, a lot of people would have given up and, you know, my mother would call me and she would, my mother wanted me to work for the phone company. She would always, I needed to have a safe job, something I could fall back on, right, you know, right. teaching or, and so many kids I talked to, they go through the same thing now, you know, the parents want, well, what am I saying? I'm one of those parents. My <laughs> right, daughter was right. definitely very academic and business oriented, but mm. I wasn't. And, but I wanted her safe. Me, I was nice. just like, I'm, I'm going to go for it. I'm here in New York. Madonna is here. Yeah, you know, yeah. back in the 80s, you could mm. do anything. If you could wrap your head around it and believed you could uh, do it, for you sure. could do it. For sure, yeah. But I've guess heard. what? I feel mm -hmm. now, and I've told people this, this pandemic, to me, Aubrey, the doors are wide open. If you want to reinvent yourself, if you want to think about things in a different way, these are unprecedented times. They are. For sure, for sure. In fact, you know, I, I, I agree with you 100%, Wendy, uh, because uh, with what the pandemic presents to us, and I'm a hopeless optimist, okay? I always Me too, look right? Silver lining. I always look for it. And, and with what the pandemic presented to us and continues to present to us, there's a lot of things that we are rediscovering Yes. That we either took for granted or that we just didn't acknowledge pre-COVID, right? Right. Like reconnecting with uh with with 
staying at home playing board games with family members, right? Right. Re reconnecting with reading a good book uh, and, and just the joys of being at home. Uh, gardening, you know, reconnect with your garden. You have time if you're practicing shelter in place or like me now working remotely instead of going to an office. You know, right. so there's a lot of things that we're rediscovering. So with your incredible journey, I just want to make sure just for my clarity um, and, and, and the listeners in a timeline pattern, right? Um, Africa was before, well, born and raised in New York, but Africa happened and before then, Studio 54, before right, settling right. in New York, before yeah. going for a, a modeling career. Yeah, I was yeah. like in my a senior year of uh, college and an uh -huh. opportunity presented yeah. itself. And, and there it was, there was that path uh -huh. and the bulb light bulb went off. Mm -hmm. And you'll love this. While I found out about Africa, people were, I was, I majored in anthropology and archeology span and right. everybody was applying to programs in Israel and Egypt. I was a good student, but I wasn't the creme de la creme in my school. And those kids were being picked for that. My boyfriend at the time said to me, hey, he's, he was, you know, such a hippie kind of person. He said, I've got the most amazing idea because he made films. And he said okay. to me, the Black Studies Department is offering a study abroad in Nigeria. He mm. said, let's apply for it. Yeah, I said, yeah. we don't have, we didn't take any courses in the Black Studies Department. He said, that shouldn't stop us. He said, how cool would it be? How cool would it be to do that? And I'm like, all right. I said, well, I'm doing a summer program in archaeology in upstate right. New York. I said, right. I don't think we're going to get into this. And that wasn't me being pessimistic. No. I'm like, I was sure just so many people in that department would apply. And I mean, right. who, would, who wouldn't want to go to Africa? Right. Well, when we got picked, I was out in a field on a highway digging up uh, Native American projectile points, you know, mm. like early stone tools. Yeah. yeah. And um, I found out then and there that I had to go to the um, embassy right. and get my visa and that I would be leaving. It was a little over two weeks. And I landed in this incredible uh, place called Lagos. If you know anything about Nigeria, Lagos is just wild in yeah. so many ways. And then wow. uh, took a bus to a place called Ife. It was a, a village and the rest okay. is history. You know, um, yeah. I came back from there not knowing what to do. Mm -hmm. And there's the second part of what I wanted. Well, you know what? I'll become a model. And that's the second part I want to touch on, right? Because sure. the, the, the adventure that you had in Africa, okay, there was a lot of uncertainty uh, yes. of what you were going into, but also a lot of excitement, it sounds like. Yes. Uh, this was, you know, a place that, that, that you've grown to love and that you, you really had a desire to go to. Uh, so, so you had the, that combination, uncertainty and excitement. And so after going through the adventures that you went through in Africa, what was your level of confidence from an uncertainty standpoint uh, or maybe even an anxiety standpoint when you decided to make the transition upon arriving in, you know, back in New York to go into modeling? Aubrey, it was pure determination. Mm. Uh, you know, I had always wanted to do it. I started right. going to these agencies and with every time I was turned down made me more and more determined. And 
what I started doing is I got a regular job. So I have some money coming in because you have right. to eat. Right. And then um, that is when I met my husband uh, way back then. We were just yeah. friends, but he took incredible pictures of me and that helped me get into my first agency. But that pure determination, if you read my book, She's mm -hmm. the Last Model Standing, that is just about in every story. And it's totally my personality still. I mean, I've been living my my incredible life which i'm so grateful for for so long and i'm going to continue doing it it's like when people say to me well you know are you going to stop doing this stop doing that I, the word stop is not in my vocabulary why would i as long as i'm a living breathing functioning person i am so curious i wake up every single day and there's so much out there for us yeah. as human beings and so much to learn i mean Let's talk again about the pandemic. I haven't even had time to go online and attend all the, the lectures and things. A lot of them are free. Right. Things you can learn now that you could. When would you have ever done this before? You would That's not true. have. That's so, true. You're right. Right? Yeah. So this is yeah. all available to us. Even like you and me, my chances of us ever connecting, me flying out to be on your show, that, that probably wouldn't have happened before. Now right. it's so easy. I've been on shows in, in Europe. I've been on shows in Canada, all mm -hmm. over the country. I do a show on Sunday night for the LGBTQ community. I have people from Texas come on. I have people from California come on. The, yeah, I hate to use the phrase, but the world really is our oyster right now, yes. right here. Yes, yes, no, it, it totally is. And, and you know, Wendy, I, I got to say, you've got this genuine like authentic lively spirit about yourself thank you <laughs> that that it just it it, it permeates and and it, and it radiates and and so uh I, I i can only imagine in my mind's eye like the spirit and the excitement that you had genuinely had um, when you were in africa you know with all the wonderment all of the uncertainty and all the adventures right uh, just having that spirit, uh, that spirit is a driving force within you that, yes. that, that is key in achieving a lot of what you've achieved. Would exactly. Exactly. And sure. in, insatiable curiosity and a yes. true love of people. My first time yes. uh, back to Africa was when we made our film. And this was just a couple of years ago. The first film we did there was called Fragile Beauty. Mm -hmm. I, you'll love this story. I was on the internet at night and my husband and I, we had been shooting short films at various places, really short, like 10 minutes. But I mm -hmm. said to him, we need to do something big and I wanna to go to Africa again. I yes. couldn't, I didn't have a concept or anything. And okay. I go on and I, Ethiopia, I clicked on Ethiopia. I don't know why I did that, but pictures mm -hmm. started coming up of people in the Southern Omo Valley that were dressed the way they have for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. We're talking about such beauty that you can't even people here don't even know about this all right body painting that they are painted every day mm. their attire they use um local things that grow in headpieces ram's horns uh the, the dress goat skin it was so amazing to me that in this day and age yeah people were adorned like this and when i started to research further there's not too many places in the world, but this Southern part of Ethiopia, there's something like 26 
different indigenous groups and they're they all dress differently they all have different customs yeah yeah so i thought i want to i want to go there i want to make a film about them i want to share this right my curiosity i want to share this with everybody else and the rest is history you know i have a guy that i work with uh that every time i have one of these crazy ideas he'll locate a local person for me and in this case it was somebody in the capital addis ababa who could get us into the the tribal areas down there Right, we're not right. always welcome, especially when you come in with cameras and we shouldn't sure. be welcome. If someone showed up at my door with a camera, I would chase them away, you know, but <laughs> yeah, we were yeah. right. Like, yeah. who are these people? But we were right. actually able to set up. I had this concept that because I have this fashion and modeling background, we'll do a, a film about the fashion and beauty of the people. And I say this in the film ironically enough someone said to me are you scripted huh this is the reason i'm not scripted my films never turn out with what the original idea was i get down there and the people were beautiful and they were actually really welcoming but we find ourselves in the village and mm -hmm. i'm just admiring them and people were so warm to me there now you have to understand we don't speak the same language i look totally different all right. But, right, but I was cool. I was, right. you know, Alan and I were invited to uh, some of the local custom rituals that they did. There's one called the jumping of the bulls. When a, a boy becomes a man, he has to jump right. over the back of, of eight bulls. We were not only invited to that, they, they, they knew what I was, who I was, and they started painting my face. And oh, I wow. think, like, I know. To, yeah. to be not only invited in and taken by the hand. Accepted. But yeah, yeah, touched like that. Yeah. It, I mean, you can't, I can't even describe it. But what ended up happening for me, I had this idea, this is what I was going to share. We're in this village and the our person who translated said, do you have any malaria pills? And I go, yeah, I have malaria pills. He said, do you have extra malaria pills? I said, no, I, these are mine. I said, what's going on? He said, there's a little girl and she's dying of malaria. Oh, no. this is right. So there we are, you know, trying to make this lovely little film yeah. as Westerners, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. now it gets real. The stuff gets yeah. very real. Humanity. And the next, next thing I knew we were bribing the father who loves his little girl, but doesn't want to get in the car with strangers. There was a oh. clinic like, right a clinic yeah. two miles away. Yeah. He had no money to pay for anything because these people barter with cows right. in this day and age. Okay. So what we worked at, I'm, I'm like, I know this culture. And I knew that by saying, I want to give you a gift because I appreciate being able to come to your village. I want to say, thank you. Will yes. you and your daughter get in the car and I will give the medicine as a gift. And that's exactly what we did. We went to the clinic and um, the person who was a nurse, this really bothered me. She came out and she looked at him like he, the father, and then she saw us. And then she was asking, well, why are we here? Right. And I, I said, she spoke some English. I said, I'm buying malaria medicine for him. And, and she said, oh, okay, very expensive, $10, Audrey, $10 to save a child's life. My that's goodness. what people don't know. And that's what ended up becoming pivotal in that yes. film.
Yes. So there you go. You know, the path that you think you're on, boom, it veered off and you have to be open to it. All right. And it is oh, the yeah. wonder and the excitement of, of where you are and embracing, embracing yeah. everything around you. That's beautiful. Wendy, that that's beautiful. I love it. I mean, uh, it got real, like you said, you know, it got when, real. Yeah. I mean, it's not just a filming project now. Now right. we're talking about humanity. We're talking about saving someone's life. Exactly. And yeah. Yeah. What a major impact and being able to approach it in such a way that is accepted by the father so right. that you could drive them to get this medicine to this young girl. Which was the most important thing. But you know, you're yeah. talking about major impact both for them, but huge major impact on me. Again, yeah. that was that was life-changing. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. again, had it in mind when I got back from there, I mm -hmm. need to do another film there because I believe the films that Alan and I make, they advocate, they educate, and they entertain. We don't make awesome. glossy documentaries that you see. I see beautiful stuff on that geo. I'm a right, member of the Explorers right. Club in New York and we have right. a who's who of filmmakers there. Gorgeous yeah. stuff done by the Discovery Channel. Mm -hmm. We don't make those kinds of films. Our films are raw, but they're filmed empathetically and they have a message. And in the film, we are never outside looking in. Yes, the culture is totally different, but we shoot from the inside out. It's what the people are feeling. It's yes. their reaction to us. And yes. I will do my best to get, I want to get their story. It's not yeah. my story. Right, right. I'm, I'm just there. It's their story. And I have to try and get that on camera. So this yes. is, it all started out with a trip to Nigeria, a modeling career that I'm still <laughs> doing. And, and here we go. It's a wild ride, right? It's a yeah. wild ride. And then, you know, yeah. the, the pandemic, right? A life changer. Yeah. All right, the shutting yeah. down of New York. I could have never, I'm a pretty intuitive person and I, you know, I can sense a lot of things in my life. Right, right. The pandemic got me by the seat of my pants. <laughs> not, I was not expecting, didn't, I had heard about um, pandemics. Yeah. A lot of yeah. us did. There was even, it's so funny because there was a film made about it that was mm -hmm. finished six months before that I ended up watching the first week and it was a documentary, unbelievably well done. I wish all of us had been forced to watch this film a year ago because yeah. I think we would have all been paying a lot more attention. I had heard about the virus back in mid-January, mm -hmm. but a virus, you know, it's kind of like when we used to hear about um, the swine flu or right. SARS and yeah. all West of Nile. us are, yeah. right, West Nile, we're all mm -hmm. guilty of things being over there. If it's over yeah. there, it's right. not going to rock our world. It, it's over there. Yeah. I only wish that somebody had, and I was told when I asked this question, I'm told, well, they didn't want to panic people. You know what? I wish they had, because yes. it would have, it would have helped to know what was coming. I felt in New York, we were, they just started shutting. There was all this stuff about this virus a week before. Mm -hmm. And then it, it felt, and it did in six days, everything when topsy-turvy, right. And yeah, they were so New here. York. Yeah, mm -hmm. I know, I know what happened down by you too. And yeah. there was no chance to prepare. In the end of February, my sister called me up and she, my niece has diabetes and they were very concerned about this, right? 
and my sister is of a certain age. She was worried. And she told me this was coming. And she said, you need to like get food in your refrigerator. Now I'm a New Yorker. Not only do I never have food in my refrigerator, <laughs> it's all about ordering in. She That's said, right. you've got to have, have food in there. There's going to be, it's going to be hard to get. And she said, there are these masks. I'm like, what are you telling me? I said to my husband, she's really overreacting to this thing. This was the last week in February. She yeah. said, there's a mask. It's called the K95. And those are the best masks there are. And you need to get that mask. So I, you know, it was blind faith, Audrey. I went on Amazon. Of course, I was able to get a bunch of them then because nobody was ordering them. Right. And then I called up Fresh Direct and I had all of these meals, cooked meals yes. delivered. The first time in my life, my freezer was ever filled. <laughs> I had like every shelf. And yeah. the whole time I said to my husband, this is so ridiculous. I can't believe <laughs> that I am reacting to this this way. That was yeah. the last week in February. And by March 12th, we shut down and New York hit this incredible curve less yeah. than a week later. And my husband, myself, and my daughter all got COVID. And so did 22 of my friends. We were all sick. You're but you know, me. see, you see your reaction? I know, but you know what? 22 of my friends and then some. Everybody, so many people had COVID in the city because if you were on the subways, yeah, like yeah. March 2nd or March 3rd, no one told us anything. You're in direct no contact. Said, no, no. Right. Yeah. Nobody said to me, Wendy, you shouldn't be on the, they should have been telling me that back in the middle of February. Right. So none of us knew. I have friends all over the city. We were all came down with it at the same time. Thank God, knock on wood, in my circle, we all recovered. That's but great. It was Thank great. Goodness. We were lucky. But you yeah. know what? I know of a lot of other people and I know you probably read things too. And there were yeah. names that were familiar to you. Yes. It was like, oh no, yeah. not another one. So yeah. March 12th, they shut New York down. And then March 13th, I realized my entire income, my whole thing that I built all this time, my entire yeah. life was shut down. It went out the window. There were no clubs for me to do any kind of performing in. I couldn't MC. Right. I couldn't do stand up. Right. I couldn't, there, every modeling job came to a screeching hall, filming came to a screeching hall. And I was standing in my kitchen the day after they shut New York down. I said to my husband, what are we going to do? And yeah. I, he's like, we got to come up with something. And I looked at him, I said, I know we'll do a cooking show. He <laughs> said, How are we going to do a cooking show? You don't cook. I said, exactly yeah. but i'm funny and i couldn't think of a better way to, to do it and the rest is history pandemic wow. cooking with wendy was born march 13th and i have 84 episodes on my youtube channel so there is, you go oh that is awesome and you know what we're going to direct the listeners to your pandemic cooking youtube channel uh, yes so they can just not not just look at the cool stuff that you're cooking, but I mean, the charm and the flair and the oh, comedy behind you. it, right? Yeah, you I'm know. all about flair and comedy. Not so much cooking, but what I, what yeah. I lack in cooking yeah. skills, I make them up in flair and comedy. <laughs> so my YouTube channel is Wendy Stewart TV. Okay. And, and the show is Pandemic Cooking with Wendy. And I am very proud to say that I had another YouTube channel, Wendy Stewart, which you can find on there. But this YouTube channel, Wendy Stewart TV, I'm very proud of because it was born the middle of March and it is chock full of all the jobs I've had since then. In the worst time ever, yeah. I have not, I, it has been incredible 
the um, hosting I've done, the yes. shows I've been on, yes. the developing of my other uh, LGBTQ show, Triversity right. Talk, with yeah. all the interesting guests. Um, I've done online shows, theatrical shows. Those right. are on there. It's every area that you could possibly think of is on my YouTube channel now. So you know what? You can't let things stop you ever. No, no, you sure can't. And, and I, I got to tell you, Wendy, I'm, I'm really fascinated by the mindset that you have. It's very steadfast, especially when you were talking about when you and your husband were having that conversation, you know, it's like, oh, businesses have uh, closed down. We don't have anywhere to do stand up and, and so forth. So what are we going to do? Right. And right. Then you came up with the idea for starting a new show and pandemic cooking. I mean, and then from there, it just takes off. So your mindset is truly fascinating in how you approach things. And I think people need to understand that, you know, that mindset, which drives the approach also helps drive the result. Right? Yes. The outcome. So I think that's hugely important. And, and you are proof positive of that. And so I want to talk about your mindset, say, years ago. Okay. Um, uh, uh, back in the early days when you would have auditions. Okay. And, and here's where I'm getting at. Okay. Um, years ago, I dabbled in on camera talent. I was an on-camera talent. I've done, you know, print work and and commercials, just light stuff, uh, regional, nothing big, um, you know, and commercials and and voiceover. I, I even it's, had representation. It's the business. You just, but yeah. it is big. You were doing the business. Yeah, and, and and I felt it felt great. You know, I mean, I, I had my day job and I was going to auditions. I had representation. Sometimes I got directly booked. Other times I had auditions, right? And so here's here's the struggle that I had when it came to auditions, especially auditions um, as a principal, okay? Um, I would go to the audition and I would walk in the door and see a room full of people who look just like me. Right. Reading the same part. Okay, dozens. And I'm thinking to myself, now what in the world kind of chance do I have in getting chosen for this part? There's a room full of guys that look like me and I'm trying to measure myself up with them. And, and that's the first trouble, right? That's the first- uh, The minute you yeah, said it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and so that, you know, I, I, I had that struggle uh, when I went to these auditions and, you know, also I know, you know, whether you make an audition or not, you could have done your best job, right? But, but they're going to pick who they want to pick, right? Right. Uh, and, and, and it's, and it's who's, who, who doesn't like do the best audition or the best job auditioning, but, but who's the best fit. Okay. And then we can coach them up. And, and so uh, knowing that as well, you know, and just say, okay, Aubrey, this is beyond your control. So why even worry about it? There's nothing you can do. Just do your best. They're going to give it pick your all. You pick, right? So what was your mindset? Like if you walked into a room for an audition and you open the door and see like dozens of, um, of, of women who look like you reading for that same part. What so you'd walk in, there would yeah. be 25 blondes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then the first thing I'd say to myself is, 
if I get this, I get this. If yeah. I don't get this, the, the proof is in the pudding. You have 25 of the same people here. Well, guess yes. what? I'm different. And I have proven that over again and again, but yes. I might not be able to prove that on that particular audition. And yeah. like you, I would go in and do my best. But one yeah. of the things I learned from all of this, it's funny, you said they would try and pick the person that was the best fit. I got past that. I came to the conclusion that they didn't know what they were doing half the time. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'd see the final product and you would say, oh my Lord, that yeah. makes no sense at all. Yeah. And it harkens back to my mother saying, the whole world can't be wrong and you're right. What I had to embrace sometimes was I was right and their choice uh -huh. was wrong and yeah. it had it had nothing to do with me. All right. Life would go right. on. And that's right. Someone, you know, in light of what you're saying, and I've been asked this many times by other actors, when you mm -hmm. leave the room, like, you know, how, how do you deal with the anxiety or, right. you know, waiting to see if you got the role? Right. This is where I'm at now there's no anxiety and I don't wait to see if I got the role. I just move on. Gotcha. And the reason I'm able to move on, it's so ironic. Here we are, you and I together. And guess what? Nobody had to pick you. Look at what you're doing. It's your right. thing and you're doing it. And nobody right. can do what you're doing right now. And it's not dependent on six people that can't agree, you know, who's the best choice. All right. right? Yep, right. Exactly. I, I, I've seen the process of what they what they go through. I mean, yeah. when I started in this business, I remember there was a company called Two Guys Stores, and there was so easy to book work back in those days. Literally, if you were halfway decent, you yeah. could come in. Maybe there would be five other people. So right. I got right. So it was very easy. But as the amount of work in our industry shrank and more and more and more people came into it. And with more and more people coming in, there were more and more, let's see all these acting classes, you know, they, they, they don't promise you a job, but you can study with a casting director, right? So right, you, right. you take that workshop so you can meet that casting director. Yep. That started to become, it was the business of making money off the business. Mm -hmm. Who are the actors? That yeah. didn't make, it still doesn't make any sense to me. No, it, it doesn't because it's these actors, whether they're union or not, they're the ones spending hard-earned money out of their own right. pocket for these workshops, right? Right. Uh, and, and then, of course, taking the time to go to the auditions for things that they may not always get chosen for. Of to course. To get the money back, you know? So, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. right, you just laid it out there. Does any of that make any sense at all? So yeah. the advice I give to people, uh -huh. now more than ever, you really can find your own path. What the internet did is it blew up a lot of things. Yes. So with that blowing up, you know, people launch themselves on YouTube. Now right. with, the streaming, with the streaming thing, yeah. it's unbelievable what the opportunities are going to be. However, you know, I love giving you the side of every coin. The other side to that is there's more and more people that probably should not be doing it and they're, they're doing it. Yeah. Everybody and yeah. their mother thinks they can now do this, that, or the other. Well, you even have with that, that as well, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You have that. Yeah. But I will also say along with those lines, um, mm -hmm. the criteria for excellence now. In theater, you always need a certain amount of excellence and in big budget films. Yes. But with all the other stuff out there, they're 
they're more than likely now they're willing to take on an underdog and work with a diamond in the rough. Okay, so once again, you you might have an opportunity that you wouldn't have had before. And that's how I look right. at it. And when people ask me for advice, that's exactly what I say. But look at you, Aubrey, you're a rock star here. You're, <laughs> you're, doing, you're doing your thing. I tell you, you know, I, I think, um, and, and I've heard this phrase before, but when it comes to making your future and, uh, and, and predicting the future, uh, sometimes the best way to predict it is to to create it, right? To yes. create your future. And so, uh, building what I've what I've built, um, all for the purpose of helping others who are struggling, and giving a platform for people such as yourself, extraordinary people who have extraordinary stories and extraordinary ways that they've helped others. Um, you know, I, it's just uh, my small little contribution to. Uh, to, to, to helping others in the world. So, but thank you for that, Wendy. It's, uh, I am, I'm very grateful to, to be here today to share. My story is about helping others, you know, because yes. at the end of the day, what's pivotal is if you feel like you've accomplished something and right. often it, it doesn't have dollars connected to it. You right. know, yes, you do need a certain amount of money to live. I'm the first one to say that, but sure. often it's just such tremendous joy to be able to, to give who you are and what you are to affect people's lives. The best comments I get on my show, especially in the early days of the pandemic, people would be like, I was so depressed. And then I turned on YouTube and I saw you and it made me happy. And I'm still, I'm still getting those kinds of comments. You make me laugh. That is the best comment mm. of all. In the documentaries that we make, when people tell me, oh my gosh, I totally learned something. I didn't know that. Well, as yeah, a human yeah. being, how cool is, we can give that to people. Yeah. That's a gift. Yeah, it, it totally is a gift, you know, and, and how heartwarming and fulfilling, you know, it is for us to receive that type of feedback unsolicited. Yes. We didn't reach out and say, hey, how are we doing? But unsolicited you know, where you've touched someone's life, you, you've made a difference in their lives. And, 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 and it's such a significant difference that they go out of their way to share that with you. You know, right. that, yeah, that, that, is, that is beautiful. So, so I, want, I want to chat real quick about your book, She's the Last Model Standing. Yes, okay? of course. And, and it sounds like that um, there's a lot of themes that, uh, that, that's in that book that, that references uh, your acting career, your mindset and approach towards your acting career and that sort of thing. So, um, uh, and, and of course your adventures in Africa. So how, um, uh, what would you say of the ratio is it, if any, um, when it comes to when you were writing the book or your memoirs? I mean, um, was, because when some people write a book, a lot of it is in retrospect. If it's, of memoirs of their life a lot of it's in retrospect right and then there may be some that is, is really in live time you know i mean this is what my whole book is really it. yeah it's it's yeah. really a, that is a really interesting way of looking at it and i'm thinking about this as you say it even though it's stories from from that happened to me from the 80s on up to now that's a long time right yeah yeah it's the same same stories now, or as I say, the same tap dance now. Mm -hmm. You have mm -hmm. every story in there 
it, it always ends up with, I've either had some horrific modeling job or some horrific acting job, or yeah. somebody said something to me that, you know, wasn't quite nice, right. but I spin it very comedically. Okay. Right. Right. And then I always show I end up landing on two feet. I have consistently yes. landed on two feet. And believe me, Aubrey, may I tell you that I had in the early days, every horrific modeling job you could possibly imagine, <laughs> dressed up in a chicken suit for a restaurant, handing out menus wow. okay, in the street, in front of Bloomingdale's, <laughs> the, the chicest store back right. then in the world. And there I was doing that, you know? I was a fritter fryer girl at a trade show. They had mm -hmm. me in like a mini skirt, fishnet mm -hmm. stockings. So it was so dehumanizing, frying fritters. To this day, it's hard to say that. To I think it was like, right. it, it is, it's like yeah. frying fritters. Yeah. And I would leave that job with stringy hair at the, oh, from the oil from the, from the fritters. From the you name it. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, promotional modeling. You know the perfume right. sprayers? I know the oh promotional stuff. Yep, yep. All of that, that <laughs> horrific Christmas time. I was standing yes. there for Chloe. Would you like a spray of Chloe? Would you like a spray of Chloe? Everyone walked past me, right? Wow. This is New York. They want me out of their face. Right. All of a sudden, this, a very handsome man in a lovely suit comes up to me. He said, Miss, I would love a spray of Chloe. And I spray his wrist. And he walks behind my counter and starts urinating. What? Yes. And this oh is in my book. Oh, my goodness. Right. So, right. But these kinds of things would have set anyone else. They would have been, that's it. Yeah. I'm giving yeah. up. You know what? It ended up being another tale in my book. And the tales in my book are great. In the world of dating, of yes. horrific dates we've all had right before we met our soul partner. Yeah. I yeah. have a chapter on this amazing count that I met that took me skiing and I wanted to impress him. And I went and bought $1,500 worth of ski clothes and left the tags on. And then I get into a ski wipeout where we were and oh, the beautiful no. ski suit. Yeah. And it had like oil marks on it yeah. and everything else. The tags came flying out of it. All right. Oh, that, my. I, oh my. Right. But yeah. in the end, I, I ended up on both feet. And that's what those stories are about in my book. And ultimately, one of the things I do in modeling, which is fit modeling, which mm -hmm. I had two jobs doing that today. I'm mm -hmm. the average American size eight. That has been my bread and butter for years. I'm, yeah. I love doing that. I work with designers that right. take dresses that are on 16 year old girls that are size zero from the runway. Mm -hmm. And I make those dresses or pants or jackets or bathing suits fit middle America, which is, mm. you know, size eight, size nine, size 10, because again, we're back to that, that positive path. I right. want women to put those clothes on and feel good about themselves. I want them to, to feel beautiful. All yes. right. This, this obsession we have with, you know, emaciated people, it right. just doesn't make any, or, or perfection. It, right. it doesn't make any sense at all. You know, uh, we are yeah. human beings. All right. Sometimes our tops and bottoms are different, okay? But we're all beautiful. And I like being able to dress women and make them feel good about themselves. So once again, you know, they appreciate it. And then it makes what I'm doing feel worthwhile. Oh yeah, it's it's valuable. I mean, what you're doing has a, it serves a purpose and it's helping. Thank you. It's helping other women feel great. And, and I appreciate you sharing in detail, you know, 
what is um, what your job consists of as a fit model because <clears throat> excuse me um, I was unfamiliar with the term fit model and 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 so you know to 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 to, to reinforce that we are all perfect and that um, we're imperfectly perfect. Right, we're imperfectly <laughs> you know? perfect and we yeah. want to feel good. One That's of the first right. things I noticed about you is what you were wearing, because I'm a visual person, how mm -hmm. nice what you're wearing works with the environment around you. That made me feel good to see that. And probably, you know, the reason you're wearing that is like you said to yourself, oh, that's, you know, that'll, that'll look nice. We want yeah. to look nice, right? Well, yeah, that's what I thought before I put this on for the show. Absolutely. Right. You know, and so right. we want to be the best we can possibly be. And it doesn't matter do. what age we are. We do. And no, that's it, an it important, doesn't. important thing, important message to get out there. I appreciate you sharing that as a message for the listeners. That, well, thank you, know, you. Yeah, we, we, we can be the best selves that we can, no matter what age no right. matter what size, right? There you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, hugely important. So, Wendy, where can the listeners um, get a copy of your book? Okay, so my book, She's the Last Model Standing, is mm -hmm. on Amazon, and you can get it in both the hardcover format and Kindle. And then you can see my work on Wendy Stewart TV on YouTube, and awesome. you can... Make comments on there. You can subscribe to my channel. I love if anyone wants to subscribe to my channel, please. <laughs> and you can reach out and let me know that you did that. And I will give you a big virtual thank you and a hug. And Wonderful. then on Facebook, I'm on Wendy Stewart, S-T-U-A-R-T. You can read about our films, visual okay. journeys, our stories on Facebook. Okay. And on Instagram, God, I have a lot of handles here. On Instagram, <laughs> my Instagram is she's the last model standing. And I have a lot of gotcha. uh, cool visuals on that page. What I've taken to doing on there, I put up pictures of me in different masks. Yeah. And I call it living my best virtual, uh, living my best pandemic life with all different <laughs> kinds of masks because I know a lot of designers. Yeah. And it's a chance for me to, you know, embellish them. And plus I have, I have at this point over 55 masks. Wow. That's a lot yeah. of masks. It's a lot but, of masks. But yeah, again, yeah. you know, we're talking about making ourselves feel good. Yes. I just can't slap paper on when I, I leave the house. I want to, you know, I try and coordinate yeah. my mask with yeah. my colors that day. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, and, and, and you bring up a very good point because, um, uh, the the masks and sharing the masks and just the the different things that you're doing on your Facebook page and the YouTube channel and so forth. Um, I mean, it's it's truly important for us as people, especially during crazy times like oh. this, where the pandemic can really really have you either having cabin fever or uh, some kind of anxiety because you can't go to places that you are used to going to the isolation if you yeah. you know if you're by yourself you Huge. say you don't have a partner you don't have a family yeah. i have tons of friends that yeah. you know they're they're by themselves right exactly and so for you to add and take a comedic approach and to have the the, the witty charming spin 
to what you share is a huge relief for a lot of people. So that's why I want my listeners to understand and know where they can find your show. That's Wendy Stewart TV YouTube channel. Yes. And we will have all the links to the YouTube channel, the, the book on Amazon, Facebook page, and Instagram handle in the episode show notes so that our listeners can uh, get directly to you and learn more about you, Wendy. Thank you. Perfect. Oh, absolutely. Oh, this has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed our chat here, Wendy. And Same here. And, oh, well, thank you. At this point, I would love for us to go into a segment called Three for the Road. In Three for the Road, I ask my guests three random and custom uh -oh. No one gets the same questions. <laughs> so random, custom, uh, yet thought-provoking questions that I challenge them to answer in three or five, not three, five words or less. Oh, thank <laughs> you. My five is better than three. <laughs> five is better than three. So what do you think? Are you up for it? Oh, I love this kind of thing. You go for it. All right. Fantastic. So three for the road. We're going to start off with question number one. There's a phrase that references... Uh, the correlation of art imitating life or life imitating art. What is your thought on that? Art and life are one thing. They are joined. Oh, Oops, you, that was six words. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> that's profound. It's profound. Right. Art and life are one thing. They're one thing. Yeah. You can't separate one from, from the other. Mm. You know, you, you really can't. Yeah. No, I'm digging it. And it makes it makes sense with such few words, but it speaks volumes, right? Absolutely. So, and yeah. you just, you have to be able to see. Yes. As a person, you have to allow yourself to see. As we live our lives, right. art is all around us. It's just open your us. eyes. Yeah, it, tr it truly is. I, I, in my heart of hearts, believe that, Wendy. I see it every day. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. That's an awesome answer. Love it. All right. Number two. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Name a practice or skill that you've learned when you were on a different continent that you apply in what you do today. Oh, um, hmm. looking people in the eye. Looking people and I have to explain eye. that. If you're in, in Africa mm -hmm. and the language is totally different, and there were many times in Nigeria, I didn't even have a translator. Mm, Looking okay. somebody in the eye, right. making that contact, you could communicate with each other. And it, it's almost as if the words didn't matter. You could anticipate what they were trying to communicate to you, but right. you had to be able to see. Do you gotcha. understand what I mean by that? You had I to do. really, really be able to see. Yes. And that's always such a big indicator for me, even here. If I talk to someone and their eyes are going to the left or to the right or up or down, mm -mm, it's, yeah. it's yeah. not good. Yeah, no, I understand. I mean, that, uh, it sounds like that's universal, you know? Absolutely. Like, yeah, for sure. I appreciate that. Awesome. 
Oh, Wendy, you're doing great on these. All right, question is number there a three. Is there a prize? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. People have been suggesting I have a prize. I, I still got to think prize. about that one. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we're going to top it off with uh, question number three, wrapping up three for the road, all right? If you could walk out your door and cross a bridge to a place, any place, or another time in the world, what place or time would that be? I would find myself in Oz. <laughs> Oz. <laughs> I didn't expect that. <laughs> but... I would find myself in Oz because yeah. Oz encompasses everything that I love. It's fantasy. Mm. Yep. It's foreign. Yep. It's remote. Mm -hmm. It's where magic happens and it's where dreams can come true. Beauty, magic, and dreams. Awesome. Awesome. That is fantastic. Well, Wendy, congratulations. You did a great job with- I did a great job. Yay. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Wendy, this has been a fabulous conversation um, I, with your journey and all the things that you have like experienced. I feel like we need to have a sequel and talk about more stuff. I mean- Oh my gosh, know, totally. Yeah, I, I would yeah. so totally love to come back. I had such an amazing time talking with you and getting all this good stuff out there. It's good stuff. And yes. we owe it to people to make sure we're sharing that. We, we, we most certainly do because, you know, this very episode can reach a listener who is in complete despair, right. who is isolated, you know, uh, uh, this pandemic could be a major if not the only the major reason for it and, I, and 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 hearing the words and hearing the story from you and the approach you've taken may be the start of a transformation for that listener that and, and that I, would be amazing yes i truly believe it we may hear about it we may not but it's there it's there and it's that is there. my heart's belief it truly is awesome wendy Thank you so much for coming on the show. We're going to have you. direct links to all of your contact information, the book, your YouTube channel, all on the episode show notes. Uh, and, and trust me, you and I will get together for another sequel for sure. That would be amazing. Thank you so much. And I want to give a shout out to everybody out there. We will get past this. We will. We're resilient. We're people. We will get past this. They're working on things. Okay, but what is the most important thing that everyone needs to remember? We mm -hmm. all have a tomorrow. And I want anyone who's listening to remember, they have to focus on their tomorrow. That is something that each and every one of us has been given. It is the gift from the universe. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, your call to action, focus on your tomorrow, on your tomorrow. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Road to Rediscovery. And I want to send another quick reminder. If you want to be one of the exclusive, one of the, the, the other side of, of VIPs who receive email notifications on upcoming guests on the show before the episode's even published, weeks before, just visit roadsrediscovery.com and subscribe to our emailing list. That's road, the number two, and rediscovery.com. 
The road to rediscovery, it's a movement, a revolution. And guess what? You are now part of it. We're all roadies on this journey of life. And it sure feels good having you on the road with me. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll check in soon.